You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. I've got Annie Wright with me, and today we're going to be talking about creating an onboarding slash management plan um, for new hires. Hey, Annie, how are you? Hi, Maureen. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, um, I'm super excited because I've kind of been following your journey, um, and um, you're, you've made some big jumps, and um, I want you to kind of talk about that now um, live since um, other people might not know where you're at, but it'll also kind of guide um, you know, the questions that you have and, and people will get a, a better perspective of you know, where you are in your journey and how that relates to our topic for today. Absolutely. Okay, great. So um, I'm a licensed psychotherapist, uh, LMFT, here in Berkeley, California. And um, while I've had my own private practice internship and then turned private practice for about, I guess it was five years in the Bay Area, and it was always very full and very abundant, um, I laid the groundwork in July 2017 to open a group practice and then launched that in April 2018. I brought on one hire um, just sort of um, full-time, but in three days a week in my um, solo office space. Recently, though, um, let's see, in uh, February, I made quite a big leap um, and took on a new suite of offices in downtown Berkeley. So in addition to the one office space I have, I now have three other offices and will be um, expanding group practice uh, pretty significantly this year, bringing on new hires. My goal is to fill up um, these three offices with six therapist hires. I already have another one coming on board. Um, And as part of this growth, what really um, stands out to me as uh, an opportunity and also a challenge for me is... um, streamlining and becoming a little bit more serious about how I onboard these hires and how I manage these hires. Um, the onboarding I did with my last therapist was um, pretty decent. It was a little bit ad hoc. And so my hope in this call with you is to talk through what are the elements of a good onboarding plan? What are the elements of a, a good management plan, especially for those first 90 days with any new hire? Perfect. Um, so tell me what your management onboarding plan looks like right now and where you're seeing any sort of gaps. I'm assuming, uh, because you want to talk about it, um, what kind of went on in your most recent one. And I know that you had just had a baby, so I'm sure that all played a role in kind of the chaos of trying to be at home, bring on a new person and onboard them and all that fun stuff. So if um, 
t- tell me a little bit about what that plan looks like right now and, and where you might be seeing some gaps that is making you want to think about kind of tightening that system up. Sure, sure. So I think that the onboarding materials I have are actually pretty tight. And I have to thank you for that because I I used your online course to help create this. So I have a very robust employee manual that goes through all the ins and outs of the policies, um, certainly the opening and closing instructions, uh, best practices clinically, um, also, you know, intake sessions, first sessions, consult calls. It's all documented in the employee manual, which is really great. And then I meet with any new hire for a couple of hours, usually about two to three hours for um, about three weeks before they come on board and start seeing the client, um, the clients in the office. And um, that Uh, The training there has included technology training because of the EHR system that I use, um, the phone system that I use, et cetera. So we cover technology. We cover uh, everything in the employee manual, the administrative policies that we have in the practice, um, trying to think, other clinical best practices. Um, We use that as an opportunity to answer any questions they have. So I think that the onboarding piece is pretty good. I think where I'm seeing the gaps is, um, or at least with the first hire I had, but I don't want to make the mistake take up with subsequent hires is how I can sort of keep checking in as, as a manager around what is this person doing well? How do I give them constructive feedback in the moment? Um, and, and really, how do I use maybe an evaluation template or plan to help them see where they can improve so that I can keep good tabs on them? And also, how do I create space for them to give me any feedback they have so that they can um, be a, a happy employee at the practice and not just an employee who leaves in a year's time because they're unhappy happy and they didn't have an opportunity to bring that up. Awesome. That's a really good um, follow-up question to uh, what you're doing. So one of the things, and I feel like a lot of uh, group practice owners, the process for figuring out the onboarding and um, like the first 90 days, I like to look at it, training um, is a, is kind of like a game. You, you're, you figure out what you think you need to do. Um, it's almost like the hiring process. And then um, you do it once and then you find the gaps and holes and then you make an edit. And then the next person you hire, you um, you add those things that you found in the, the gaps in before. And then you find some more gaps or you find some more questions that you realize that you didn't um, follow up on. Um, and it's a little bit of a process, kind of like the interviewing process. I feel like the first 10 people I interviewed um, if I was to go back, you know, eight years and, and listen to those interviews, I would be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was horrible. Um, because it, you just get better at it as you go. Um, one of the things that you're bringing up is an important point, which is most of us do really good at getting people onboarded and getting them set up. Um, but then because we're busy managing the business and seeing clients and doing whatever it is in our businesses that we're doing, um, we think we've shown you how to do everything. You should be good. And then we um, aren't really cultivating the connection in those first 90 days of the uh, follow-up trainings um, that all clinicians and admin staff alike are going to need in those first 90 days. Um one of the things that we implemented in 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 our practice with our because we have site supervisors, um, it makes it a little bit easier. And um, there might be a point in your growth where having someone who is doing some supervision or doing uh, clinical director work or some kind of management position, it might help you out in the future as you grow. Um, and I get that you're at a place now where you know you might not necessarily need that, so it's you doing it. Um, but we put together 
um, a one page sheet and I can actually share that in the group if you want, um, Mm -hmm. that, um, after we do, after our, um, onboarding coordinator does the literal onboarding training, uh, similar to what you're doing, which is like a couple hours. Um, and it's usually a week or two before they actually start seeing clients. So it's fresh in their mind and they go over everything from HIPAA to legal stuff to the technology pieces and how to use it and all of that is, um, that our supervisor then sits down with them to kind of let give, give them a sense of who they are as a supervisor. So that would be kind of you doing this. Um, but, uh, it's, not geared at all on the training or manuals or even seeing clients, but is all person-centered and related to um, in, uh, bettering the relationship between the person who's providing that supervision or going to be like the point of contact for that person. So if that's you, that's you, um, mm-hmm. and the new onboarded clinician. And so we have um, on there, it's like one sheet where they go over this together and they work on it collaboratively and it asks questions like, um, you know, how can I best support you in my role as the owner or as the supervisor, as the whatever, um, with, as you being the clinician, like, what are some things that you're hoping to get from me, um, that would make your experience here be a positive one? And so they talk a little bit together about like, whether that's, um, a person that values more supervision or it's a person that values autonomy, um, and what the role of the person who, for you, it would be just as the owner, right? Because you don't have any management people, right? No, not yet. Okay. So it would be, um, you know, what what is it from me that you would need that would help you feel best supported? Like, what, what kind of things can I do for you? Um, because obviously, the training piece, if you've done that, you can kind of check that off. You'll likely need to check in with them every week or so as they're actually starting to implement using your EHR and starting to see clients and all that stuff. Um, but I, what I'm hearing from you is that you're wanting less feedback on that part because you're, you're doing that fine, but more on the like management-y sort of check-in. Um, right. right. Okay. And so that, um, like I said, I can um, send you over that sheet so you can get a sense of just the few questions that we're um, gauging with them, but we go over this every year. Um, right. And essentially it starts off with like, what um, are your goals for yourself? whether that's personally or professionally, um, it could be either or, and they go over it together um, with, with the person who supervises them. And that gives the supervisor or you a sense of like what you want to make sure that you're touching up with them on throughout the year. Cause it, and, and we like to go deeper than, you know, seeing 15 clients a week. My goal is, you know, that's, those are kind of the obvious and very surface level sort of goals. We like to try to dig deeper and get beyond the obvious things like, getting a full caseload or, um, you know, seeing my ideal, my ideal clients to, um, getting kind of the, the deeper ones, the ones that will, um, keep, uh, clinicians at your practice. I know it's something that you had brought up, but what's a way that we can make sure that they're not kind of coming and going. And so we're mm-hmm. saying like, what are those like big, bad goals that you have, whether it's like one of ours clinicians, like I would love to be in charge of like an IOP. Um, if there's like a way that you, that the practice would ever like want to support me in, in, in having that be part of your practice. And we're like, that's an amazing idea. I don't know if it's something that we can do, but it's definitely something that we'd be willing to work through with you and talk with like our, our attorney about like, what does that look like? Um, because we're all about in my practice, at least we're all about, I want to make sure that I'm supporting you in not only the basic goals of seeing your clients, but 
what goes beyond that because I want my clinicians to be happy. I want them to feel supported and like they can do their dream work. Um, and if it is in alignment with what my practice um, has and offers and what my practice's visions and, and goals are, then um, I'd love to be a support for that. So one of those top questions is like, what's your goal for the year um, beyond the obvious stuff? And how can we support you in, in getting to those goals? And then um, another question that we have on there is, where do you feel like there's a need for growth for you as a clinician or as a person that we can, you know, kind of be there alongside with you, making sure that you're um, holding yourself accountable to kind of reaching the goal of working on this, on these areas. And for some, it might be, um, I know that um, I need more support on the clinical side because I'm newly licensed. For other people, it might be I'm really wanting to hone in on my own leadership skills um, and, and learning how to be a better leader just for potential future things that come up. And so how can we help you, you know, whether it's some leadership training? Um, and then the last piece of it is what I mentioned initially, which is um, how will you know that I'm, that you're getting that I'm doing my best work with you? Like, what is it that you would want ideally from me? And um, what is it that I would be doing with you and for you so that your experience here is, is as you know positive as it can be? Um, and you'd be surprised at some of the, the feedback because I um, used to just assume like just me being available and present was enough for them. Um, but I get a ton of random like um, things like I mentioned with my this one clinician who's like, I would, you know, my dream is to one day kind of, I don't want to open an IOP, but be, be in charge of one. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, far be it for me to say that that's not a goal of ours at some point. And we'd love to be able to, um, you know, support you and being able to kind of manage that arm of the business if, if we can do that, you know? Um, and so we get some really awesome, um, uh, thoughts and ideas for people that we normally wouldn't get when we're focusing so much on um, seeing clients, making sure that they're getting filled up, and and actually taking a step back and looking at them as a as a person. Hmm. I have to say this is this is terrific, Maureen. This is exactly what I was looking for, and I think this is the um, the piece that I, I failed to integrate into managing my my first um, employee. Um, it is doing this kind of check in and really nurturing their growth at, at the group practice. And, and I'm curious, so you sit down and you have this conversation and then how often do you sort of weave these conversation pieces back into your, your supervision or your meetings with this individual? Is it quarterly? Is yep. it? Monthly? So in, um, part of that question, uh, that sheet question that we, um, that we sit with them with, it says, um, what is a thing that you can do on a weekly basis that moves the needle forward? And it might be it, usually the weekly thing is like a smaller thing. What's something that, um, you want to do, um, like month by month to get closer to that goal. And what's something that we can do quarter by quarter. And so it, um, my supervisor, since we have around 30 people now, um, it's obviously hard for me to have look at everyone's goals at every week. Um, but now we have supervisors that manage, you know, 10 or so clinicians each. Um, they're much better able to, but, um, what we have is in that initial, uh, conversation, we set up micro goals and then more larger scale goals to get to that. Um, or I should say that goals steps, um, that bring you to the, the goal that they have, which might be to be in a leadership position. Like we have some that are like, I would love to like 
be in charge of something. I don't know what that is because I need some leadership training, but um, you know, for some, it might be being a site supervisor. If I open another location for others, it might be um, like my onboarding coordinator position that came out because one of my clinicians who's amazing at doing like, she does everything just right. You know, she charges the card at the beginning of the session. She's not afraid of having conversations about money with clients. She does her notes literally after each session. She's never, she's like, was so good at everything mm-hmm. that um, when it comes to being a clinician and when she was like, I would just like, would love to be a bat- bigger part of the practice, like to do more, to have more meaningful, um, a, a more meaningful position that like um, shows that I'm important and that I'm needed. And I was like, well, you know, let's look at some of your strengths, like what you're really good at. And that's where we came up with this onboarding coordinator position. So it was very much because we were having these kind of conversations um, that we were then like, okay, so how can we work our way to getting this position? Cause it was not one that I had, but I was like, it's totally one that is in an alignment with a need that we could, that we have. And it's something that now my clinical director doesn't, she doesn't have to focus on uh, training every single person that we bring on. Um, so we made, we turned it into goals. We said each week, um, she's going to, um, work at putting together, which you have, um, that checklist, those two checklists, which is like the onboarding checklist, um, for the onboarding coordinator and the clinician checklist for each new clinician, like the things they have to do in those first 90 days. I was like, each week I want you to work on, um, building that, what you think is important, what you're really, you know, what you, why, why do both you and I know you're really good at being a clinician? What are those things that you're doing right that we would want you to be training these new clinicians on? And then I was like, and my goal for the month is that I'm going to talk with my attorney uh, on month one about what how to set up a position like this and get a job description together and all that fun stuff. And then month two, my goal would be to check back in with you um, on um, what I found for the position, how I can compensate for that, what it would look like hours wise. And then you're going to come to me with um, some of the things that you've built for it. So we we play, we put together these micro goals um, and then these little bit, or I should say micro smaller steps um, and longer term steps so that the clinician um, or the site supervisor then um, is meeting with them once every month or two. We do all informal stuff. So I'm not, this is just a practice by practice thing. Some uh, group practice owners are like formality. They like to have these like once a week or once a month, literal sit downs with clinicians. I don't do that. I only hire fully licensed people. So um, it's not required that we have supervision meetings. So uh, I come from, you know, just in all of the reading that I do in terms of business and leadership, there's like this kind of new wave of management, which is like less uh, formal and I, it really aligns with me. So this might be something where it might be different for you than it is for me, but, um, we're not having, um, formal sit downs with our clinicians. Um, even when there's problems, like we have informal pop our head in and say, Hey, I just wanted to give a few minutes. This is what I'm noticing. What do you think about that thing that I'm noticing, you know, whether it's retention or whatever. Um, so we're really informal and it only gets to formal if someone is not, getting it and not following through. So it's very rare that we do formal. So in the same way, um, we're not having these formal sit downs, except like once a year, we schedule a time where we're like informally sort of um, meeting with them. Um, But in between then, it's once a month, the goal of each site supervisor is to at least have a head pop in and, uh, and, and say, how are things going with um, that goal that you have? So every, every person has a goal, whether it's, I want to run a group, whether it's I want to do more community engagement, whether it's I want to um, make do a presentation for a local school, or it's I want to 
um, you know, get some leadership training so that, you know, at some point, maybe when there's an opportunity, like I'm ready for it. Um, so every month they're checking in with them, but very informally and saying like, part of the, um, goal for it is that the clinician has those smaller goals that can make their way up to reaching it. Um, but also that the site supervisor plays a role in that. So the site supervisor has their own step to like helping them get there. Um, whether it's meeting with me and talking about how we can implement this new thing, whether it's, um, doing research for them and helping them find the place to give that first talk to, they they have a a part in in the goals as well. I think that's what keeps the connection going. And so that doesn't putter out and you're not just having that initial conversation and then a year later being like, so did, did you ever do that thing? (laughs) Or like, you know, is that the, the supervisor, the person in charge also has, um, a role to play in reaching that goal. And, and we're very like, um, objective about it. So we know, you know, each week they're doing this or each month they're doing this to get there. Um, and then it holds them both accountable. Great. Okay. So this is really helpful. So the, um, in the sort of first 90 days or actually, you know, quite quickly when they come on board, you sit down and you have that person centered meeting to help them really identify what their goals are for growth. And you help them break it down from that macro goal into micro goals. And then the site supervisor, in this case, myself, um, would be checking in with them uh, around the, um, micro goals, helping them move the needle a little bit closer to whatever their stated goal is. And I hear that the way that you um, tend to supervise or the the management style that you have is a little less formal um, because again, you're hiring fully licensed folks and so am I. Um, uh, But I have, um, at least in the past, and again, I have very limited experience in this, uh, done once a week meetings uh, for the first 90 days just to provide that peer consultation, make sure they're doing all right. But I do want to check in. I mean, does that seem like um, a little too much? Does it seem like a little too heavy handed in terms of managing a fully licensed person for the first 90 days? No, I actually think the first, uh, when it comes to um, just management and I'm not talking supervising. So with me, we don't do supervision, formal supervision meetings with everyone. We have once a month optional um, uh, group uh, supervision where it's case consultation, peer led. Um, What you are bringing up is um, less about supervision and making sure that they're um, getting supervision each week on the clients that they're seeing. Uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, but more of the first 90 days being onboarded and making sure they're being supported. And I think a weekly meeting in the first 90 days, um, that's just 12 meetings. That's not a lot. Um, right. I think that's totally appropriate. Where I What I just don't like is feeling like I have, am micromanaging people and I don't want to have to have weekly check-ins with people and, and, and supervise them in the, like, let me help you see with you seeing your clients. I think after that, the first 90 days, so my onboarding coordinator, that's part of her thing is she is meeting, um, not every week and not on such a formal level as you, although I think that's amazing and great. And your people are probably getting all the support that they need in those first 90 days. I think after those 90 days, it's really up to practice style. I, I wouldn't do weekly things. I think that would be heavy handed, but I totally understand um, the concept of continuing that on um, some practices want more of that handholding supportive environment. Um, I am about support. I just find that our, the support that people are wanting um, because of the type of people that we're hiring and bringing on is um, more peer related. So they're getting that connection and community feeling um, without this 
one-on-one, let me sit down with you and go over your cases every single week. Right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so those first 90 days, I think that's great. If you have the time to be able to have an hour or whatever, sit down meeting with them each week. And it's about everything, whether it's case consultation or just management in terms of how is it feeling being here this week? Um, what have you noticed in terms of, um, you know, making sure that clients have their paperwork or taking payments or whatever the processes are that your clinicians are a part of. I think that's great because those first 90 days tend to be um, underutilized in terms of management. People tend to kind of throw clinicians in and are like, I'm really busy too. I showed you how to do everything. I have this online trading video where you can just watch it and you'll know everything. Um, just let me know if you have questions. Um, that tends to be the style that most people do. And it ends up being that that plays a role in how clinicians feel not supported, even though Mm -hmm. group practice owners feel like, well, I put this really great training manual and video training series together. So they have all the answers, but it ends up, um, kind of being the opposite of the feel that they want in their practice, which is this community connecting sort of space. Mm, Okay, great. Then that actually feels very affirming because I didn't know if that was too heavy handed, but uh, okay, great. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have any other questions related to that? I think we have a few more minutes. Um, the, <laughs> there's one question that came up and I was wondering, uh, debating whether to ask it of you. Um, if you, if you sit down and ask a person, you know, what's their goal and how can I help you get there? And the person says, you know, my goal is to ultimately have my own private practice in a few uh-huh. years. Have you ever encountered that? And then how do you handle that as their employer? Um, so I have not. Although, um, I have had people whose big goals are things that I don't align with what I would want and Mm -hmm. maybe are things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do in my practice. Okay. So here's, here's my uh, short answer is if someone wanted to start their own practice, I've told everyone, all my people know that I have this business, which is supporting people starting group practices. I don't do like starting a private practice support. Um, but I have said to everyone, if you ever want to open your own thing, I'm about transparency. I'm about the abundance mindset. I know there's enough to go around. Um, I provide a space where I hope people, you know, don't want to leave. And But if you're business-minded and that's your place to go, and this is literally a conversation I have with people, I, I want to be a part of that. You have someone who has done this who can help you do it. Um, and so I am all about... Um, being there to help support them in transitioning into their own practice if they wanted it. I feel like it um, is just better juju for me (laughs) to not be uh, a scarcity mindset in that way. Um, I also feel like um, it takes away from this um, secrecy place that they might feel they need to be in. And um, also I feel like I love helping people start practices. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I specifically like people help help. I like helping people start groups. Um, but if someone in my practice was looking to start their own, I know everything about the Chicago area. I know how to help them get there. And one thing I always wished for when I moved from the group practice I worked at was that I would have had help, <laughs> like someone being like, "Oh, this is a great way, you know, space to go to," or like, "Don't do these things because you'll, um, you know, that'll set you back ten paces." It would have been great if I had that. Um, give, that being said, I understand that I don't want to be have a practice where I'm teaching everyone how to leave. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And so there's a difference. I know there's a couple of group practice owners um, that are in some of our Facebook groups that have teaching facilities. And so that's part of what they're prepped for. Um, but for like someone like you and like me, we're not teaching as practices. We don't, uh, we're, we are we're not wanting people to come and go constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where I make sure in my hiring process that I'm hiring people and I'm asking the types of questions that help mm-hmm. me as much as I possibly can. Obviously, nothing is perfect. See if they are business minded. See if they are a person that is going to go the independent, like the solo practice route. And there's some questions you can ask to gauge like what business mind they have and whether that's a goal of theirs. And if someone truly wants to start their own practice right from the beginning, I probably am less likely to want to um, bring them on anyways. But if someone evolves in that way, because I never wanted to start my, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember now. It's been so long, but I don't think I wanted to have my own practice right from the beginning. Um, and I think it's something that I got comfortable with as I grew as a clinician. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying I like, I would be completely open to helping someone start their own thing only because I have systems set up and I have a culture set up and the, the a setup with how I interview people so that most of the people that I bring on are going to want to stay, you know? And so if it was that I was not really good at my hiring process and I was hiring way too many independent people who were moving on quickly, I would become resentful. I wouldn't want to do it. Um, right. so it it's that balance. It, it is a balance, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, those are two things that I really need to work on managing and incentivizing people to stay and also being mindful of who I hire and bring on in the first place. But yeah. In terms of the the next round of hires, I feel really good about who's coming on board and um, want to be more proactive as a manager to help them feel good here and yeah. stay. So this has been really, really helpful. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like that's, uh, it took me a while to get to that place because when I first started, so the fact that you're kind of a year in almost of your group practice and are already getting to that place is going to set you ahead so much because um, it took me a whole lot longer than that. I was much more in the... Um, a focus on getting people in, a focus on making sure they get filled up and less focused on um, culture and their happiness in the beginning. Cause I was like, I just, well, I was focused on their happiness in terms of, I want to get them filled up because to me in the beginning that equaled, that equated staff happiness is that they would be full. Um, and it took me a while to really shift that thinking and, and be less uh, afraid of not growing fast enough and focusing more on presence, being available, um, offering growth opportunities, um, allowing them to have like space to move inside the practice so that they can kind of evolve and be. Um, and that play, has played all, um, has played the biggest role in staff satisfaction over filling up 15 clients in a week over, you know, all these other things was feeling like they could really, um, like stretch their like arms and like see who they want to be, you know? Yes. Okay, yeah. great. Well, that helps me feel like I'm heading down the right path. Then. Yeah, you, you totally are. Oh, thanks, Maureen. This is so uh, helpful. Awesome. Well, it's good talking to you again. Likewise. No, yeah. I love talking to you. I know. I know. I have fun. And um, let I, I'm serious. I want to see what this new space looks like. And uh, I know it was a big jump for you to, to, to take on this uh, new lease. So I'd love to see and hear more about how it's growing as you're bringing on these people. I know you have someone starting in a couple of weeks or in April sometime. Um, and you have them filled already with 15 new clients, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> so whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, but yeah, let me, let me know how things are going with that. 
I absolutely will. I will um, let you know personally and I'll definitely post in the exchange. Awesome. Well, it's good talking to you again. Go relax, go uh, squeeze your baby and uh, enjoy your Monday. Oh, thank you so much, Maureen. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time.